Molly King, are you ready for the podcast? Matt, you know the answer to that always, but can you just pass me some water, please? Water? I think you mean Evian. There's something special about how it comes from high up in those pristine mountains. I know Evian's the official water of Wimbledon, but I didn't know it was carbon neutral. It's been carbon neutral since 2020, and that bottle that you are holding right now, that's made of recycled plastic. Of course you've got all the facts. I love it. But should we crack on with the show? Evian's 750 millilitres and 1.5 litre bottles are made from 100% recycled plastic. This excludes the label and cap. Hello, I'm Matt Edmondson. And I'm Molly King. And here we are between the lines at Wimbledon, along with our good pals at Evian for the final time, these 2022 championships. And what a fortnight it's been. I tell you what, there's been more drama here than in the Stranger Things finale. You're right. We've seen some incredible champions crowned. Yeah, if you've missed any of the action during the finals weekend, or you just want to relive a magical two weeks with us, then grab those strawberries and cream, sit back and let's pretend it isn't over, at least for the next half hour or so. As we go between the lines at Wimbledon. Well, this is rather exciting. We've managed to sneak into Centre Court again. I know. So we're back the day after the men's final here at Wimbledon. So it's the Monday now. So actually, the rest of Wimbledon is uh, its like a ghost town out there, Molly King. It really is, except we have been joined by the man himself, the winner of Wimbledon 2022, Novak Djokovic, who's standing on centre court again right now. I'm pretty sure he did leave and he's come back. He's in a different (laughs) outfit, but he is still holding the trophy. So I didn't know that this was a thing. He's come back to have loads of photographs with all of the uh, people who work at Wimbledon, the, the ground staff, the ball boys and the ball girls, and of course himself and the trophy. And there's a, a proper photo shoot going on right now. I, I assumed that after you won Wimbledon, that was sort of it. You kind of went back to your normal life. Totally. And wanted to sort of lie down for four weeks. That's what I'd want to do, isn't it, you? Yeah. But he's back. He's here. And he's getting some great shots in. And it's actually really weird to see him on centre court not wearing the Wimbledon whites. Yeah. He's actually in the middle of centre court right now with his two little ones. Now, his youngest one couldn't actually be here yesterday because she was too young. So she's actually on centre court with him right now. Adorable. That is so cool. They are treading on grass that very few people get to tread on Mm. out there. I wonder if they'll take a bite like he did yesterday. Yes. I don't know that it is advised that you get down on your knees and nibble the grass. I've been... um, well, I've been escorted off centre court three times so far for giving it a go. I'm, I'm talking differently because Novak Djokovic is within earshot. Are you? I'm putting on sort of a serious voice like I I'm on the too. news. I am. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's, hap- what's come over us. <laughs> what's weird, I think, is that I do think that he could hear us, not least of all because I'm sure he's downloading the podcast. But I mean, right now, if, if I wanted to, I could heckle Novak Djokovic or even just you know, sort of say something to him. I won't. Well, what would you say? What would I say? What if I had one opportunity? I'd say, I think I'd say, can I have a look at the trophy? Because <laughs> genuinely I'm intrigued. It's a beautiful sunny day and the, uh, the sun is ricocheting off that trophy, much like many of his aces at the final yesterday. Well, you're happy with that, aren't you? Yes. It is a beautiful trophy. It's massive. It's sparkling. And it's bigger than I thought, actually. It's sort of the height of his torso. They're getting all the poses here for the photos. 
right now they're in the, the corner of Centre Court. It's him, his wife, his two kids and the trophy. And they're sort of lounging on the grass as if they're having a picnic at Centre Court. They are, yeah. They're sat down, they're looking very comfortable, sort of like it's their own lawn, mm. which I think it is really until the next tournament, Absolutely. wouldn't you say? Yeah, they should have picnic rights for the year. Mm. It's so cool. Novak Djokovic's kids are now running around the perimeter of Centre Court. I think they're having a bit of a race. I think they were just playing a game of hide and seek, which is quite hard in here, actually. It's very hard. Where do you hide on Centre Court? They've taken the net away. You can't even crouch behind that. <laughs> I'd go for that little uh, pocket of space underneath the umpire's chair. Do you know what? I think so that we don't ruin this game. Let's go and catch up with Charlie Eccleshare inside somewhere, shall we? Let's do it. He's actually not with us today. No. He's following the football now. He doesn't stop that man. What Anywhere is... a ball goes, he's following it. <laughs> it just bounces around, much like a ball. There you go. OK, so I'm here. Matt, you're here. Charlie, you're not here. Whereabouts are you? <laughs> I'm a little bit away from you guys. I'm in South Korea. Uh, I'm in Seoul. So quite far then. Yeah. I mean, you know, if people are thinking like, oh, yeah. maybe he's in like Yorkshire or something. No, I'm quite a long way away. <laughs> You're in South Korea and you've done that just to put some distance between yourself and me and Mol. <laughs> That's what Echoshare has driven me to. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, we, uh, we're delighted to have you all, all the way from Korea and we've got so much to catch up on because what an amazing singles final we saw this weekend where shall we start should we start with the women's and a new name on the Wimbledon trophy Charlie feel free to echo share your thoughts with us <laughs> for one last time really good women's final I mean last year was three sets and then this one again was a, a really good three setter a really impressive turnaround from Rebecca having lost the first set then lift herself and she never looked back really after that was it a shock, do you think? Because Laura Robson told us on the last podcast that she was fearless and she played like it. Totally. I mean, I I was talking about this before the match, saying she her whole thing this tournament has just been like, I'm going to do my thing and I'm not going to worry about you or anyone else. If I play my game, that should be enough. And she, mm. she did that again. She was totally fearless. She just did. I mean, her celebration, which we'll probably get onto, the most kind of muted celebration imaginable to winning Wimbledon kind of summed it up she was playing as if it was just a Saturday morning game in the park or something it was incredible kind of relates back to what we were talking about on the last episode doesn't it about how so much of it is to the strength of kind of your mindset and where your mind's at with it all she's just such a cool cucumber yeah totally and I think that especially in a final first final for both of them in a grand slam let alone Wimbledon you know that was always going to be such a big thing who handled the occasion and Massively. I mean, tennis is all about playing mental tricks with yourself, you know, telling yourself it's just another match, it's just another match. And she seemed to actually believe that. Uh, and certainly her celebration suggested that. And should say as well, you know, totally up to her how she wants to celebrate. You know, I think we all have a vision of how we would celebrate, which is we would go absolutely mad. But um, yeah, she just seemed to take it all in her stride and fair play to her. Yeah. What would you do, Charlie, if you won Wimbledon? What would come <laughs> I, I can tell you've been thinking about this. What would you do? I don't know, maybe a knee slide or something, which yeah. would probably be extremely yeah. painful. But yeah. like, yes. like a kid at a wedding. Like that. Bearing in mind, for me, I would know 1 million percent this is never, ever happening again. So make the most <laughs> of it. Whereas, you know, they're probably thinking this might not be my only one. For me, it definitely would be. I think I'd treat myself to a caterpillar cake and I'd, go, yeah. I'd give myself the face. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Would you spend the extra dosh and go for some candles too? Well, no. No, you're not that crazy. I also, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to spit all over my own cake. And then hand it around. <laughs> no, well, I'm not <laughs> handing it around. It's my cake. I want. I want Wimbledon. I'm just celebrating it. 
Um, let's talk then about the men's singles because my goodness me, what a final it was. Obviously, we've got a new name on the women's trophy, but it's the same name on the men's one. Yeah, that's a good segue, actually, because Djokovic is so conscious about everything he eats and all of that. And he, he's talked about before, sometimes in celebration, allowing himself a small square of chocolate to, uh, to celebrate. So, yes, similar to Matt, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, incredible. He's won seven Wimbledon titles, same as Sampras, one less than Federer. Um, he is a bona fide Wimbledon legend, Wimbledon great. He's up there now. He's got 21 Grand Slams, more than Federer at 20, one less than uh, Nadal, who has 22. He's pushing hard to be the, the greatest player of all time. And matches like Sunday remind you of why, because he lost the first set. He had some tricky moments in the second, but you never really doubted him, or I certainly didn't. I mean, I, I predicted on the previous pod that he'd win in four sets. And uh, thank you, Novak. Uh, yeah, right. you've got it bang on. What a game, though. Moll and I were watching it together, weren't we, yeah. yesterday? And it was it was so tense and actually such a contrast of two different styles of tennis mm. because, as we discussed before, Djokovic gives so little away. He's, he's quite robotic, and I, I mean that in a positive way, like he's such a finely honed and tuned machine. And then you've got Kyrgios, who's so outwardly emotional and... Uh, and that really came out, didn't it, on uh, on centre court? Yeah, and I think that the key moment was in the third set uh, when Kyrgios was broken from 40 love up and you could just see him imploding. Um, whereas Djokovic throughout, certainly at those key moments, just kept his cool and sort of allowed Kyrgios to do that. You know, mm. it was kind of like, let, let him combust. I'm just going to sit here and ride that out. And all his experience told, you know, in those key moments, that's when that experience really matters and uh, he just played the occasion really, really well again. I was just going to say, yeah, you could tell he wasn't going to rise to any of uh, Kyrgios's, like, you know, getting annoyed or getting angry. He was just so, that's where that experience just comes into it, doesn't it? He was just like, cool, you do your thing. I'm over the other side of the net. I'm going to do mine. And he just was just so chilled again. Yeah, well, I think that's the thing for any athlete or um either in a team sport or an individual sport, it's always music to your ears when you see your opponent getting angry or um, frustrated. And so I think Djokovic just kind of harnessed that energy mm. and said, that's great. That's really great. I don't need to match that energy. I'll just be really zen. And that's probably going to wind Kyrgios up even more. You know what it's like yeah. when you're in a mood and someone's really <laughs> chilled. You're like, get angry as well. Um, so, yeah, I think he, he just played it perfectly. We have to talk about Djokovic's speech. Unbelievable. So much banter, by the way, between him and Kyrgios, which I don't think we great. kind of expected going into that, did we? Well, they've been on this journey because, um, yeah, they kind of had a bit of tension. And then Kyrgios was saying, actually, I sort of like this guy. Because Kyrgios spoke out in defence of him when all this stuff was going on during the Australian Open about Djokovic getting deported. So I think suddenly things really turned around and yeah they went from this beef to this bromance and uh it's been lovely to see it develop uh, and a development that no one saw coming i have to say because Kyrgios for a while was really digging uh Djokovic out quite frequently so uh yeah amazing another amazing turnaround yeah and they even said that they're going to go for dinner at some point i know yes not that night because obviously it was uh Novak Djokovic's wedding anniversary although mm. i think he ended up going to the winner's dinner um, Charlie, do you think that fans have warmed to Djokovic off the back of this? Because it felt like we did really get to see his personality when he was chatting to Sue. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing with Djokovic, what's interesting is that even though he sometimes struggled for love from the fans, he's always given really good interviews and, and always been very sporting. So I think it is a bit hard on him in, in some ways. But it is, it's really nice to see that, yeah, that is, he is belatedly, I think, getting, getting some love. So let's move on then from the men and women's finals and chat about other stuff that happened over the weekend because it was a busy one. What else caught your eye? Well, the, the big thing really that uh, otherwise come out was Alfie Hewitt and Gordon Reed in the wheelchair doubles um, being denied their 11th straight Grand Slam title together, which is just extraordinary. I mean, to get 10 in a row anyway. But um, yeah, shame they couldn't quite do it. And I think they were, they were gutted with that. Um, but still, you know, a great effort from those guys and I'm sure they'll be back for... For plenty more yeah. um there was a thrilling men's doubles final you know absolutely epic that just about uh was won by the aussie pair of matt Edwin and max purcell they beat the croatians mektic and pavic pavic was playing with a serious injury so incredible that he managed to last for five sets um but yeah that was a thriller on saturday night so lots going on uh as always, not just with the singles. Can I just ask you, Charlie, whilst we've got you, I've been wanting to ask you this throughout the whole series. How do these double pairings come about? Is it sort of a mm. player reaching out to another one? Is it coaches saying, oh, your style would work well with this person? Sort of who's hitting up who here? Car keys in a bowl. There is a sort of Tinder vibe to it, I've been told before. Um, not actually an app, but there's lots of kind of mixing and matching and players go together and then they'll break up and then they'll move on. And sometimes there's real heartbreak. Yeah. Someone will say like, we're breaking up because I'm playing singles, which is kind of the equivalent of like, you know, I need to be on my own for some time or whatever. And then they suddenly pop up with someone else. Oh, and the guy's no. like, you broke up with me to be on your own. Oh, no. look at you. Oh, my so gosh. Yeah, it's a lot of kind of romance and heartbreak elements to it. And But chemistry is massive. You get some pairings that just don't click and some that just do straight away. So do you think they go on sort of like trial dates? Like, do you think they'll say like, right, let's try out, you know, Andy Murray and Laura Robson. Let's, you know, hit around for a morning and see if it works. Yeah, they'll, they will give it a go. I mean, Andy Murray had a disastrous um, pairing. I think they only played once with a guy called Marcelo Mello in Eastbourne. And I was there for it. And it was the equivalent of, you know, and you've like both had, a, you've had one drink mm. and you're like, I guess we should stay for another. Yeah. We both know it's just like this ain't going yeah. anywhere. Can we leave? Is that okay? Literally after one set was that equivalent. Oh, no. It was like, yeah, this ain't working. Andy Murray needed Judy to phone him at that point and say, Andy, there's a, <laughs> been a problem at home. We're going to need you to come back. I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah, exactly that. And having, yeah, so you definitely get somewhere. The chemistry just, it doesn't work. Gosh, it's fascinating. Drink more of what makes you sparkle. Try Evian's new sparkling water, fresh from the Alps with light, fine added bubbles. Discover Evian's sparkling water. Who needs bubbles when you can have sparkles? So, Charlie, we're going to be speaking, actually, to a Wimbledon winner in this episode very soon. But before we do that, our friends at Wimbledon and Evian thought all of us should get together and hand out our own awards. So welcome to the Between the Lines Awards. Matt has put on his tuxedo T-shirt. I think they'll put a real fanfare in, but just in case. In case. It can never be too mm. sure. Yes, Charlie, you're the head judge. It's down to you. So I want to know who is the best leading man and woman of Wimbledon 2022? Leading man, I'm actually going to give it to 
Cam Norrie, mm. um, yes. which is a bit controversial, but you might, you know, I'm, I'm hoping I can honour Djokovic in another way. And woman Elena Rabakina. Yeah, just couldn't couldn't go anywhere else mm. um, after Saturday. Okay, who's the award going to? The best individual performance. So that I'm going to give Djokovic, so he gets honoured. And it's the final three sets of his match against Yannick Sinner, the way he, from two sets down, just turned it around so effortlessly or seemingly effortlessly and was just near perfect for those three sets. I agree. It was amazing, that one. Best newcomer. I'm going to go with Harmony Tan, who stunned Serena Williams yeah. in the first round. God, that seems like ages ago. I know. I know, doesn't it? And went all the way to the fourth round, kind of out of nowhere, um, and made such an impression with her really exciting brand of tennis. So, yeah, Harmony Tan. Now, this is a kind of hard one, but best comedy... <laughs> so here I'm going to go with uh, Ugo and Bear turning up to a tennis match without his racket. Yes. yes. Um, so yeah. Can I just say that gets my vote? It's lovely hearing the crowd go wild for these awards, isn't it? They're the loving it, aren't they? Yeah, Charlie. Yeah, you don't need to add that in. Yeah, Perfect. we should have said Charlie does travel with his own sort of hype crew, and they're um, <laughs> they're just really enjoying the podcast. Uh, okay, next up, best drama. Best drama. I went for Stefanos Tsitsipas versus Nick Kyrgios. Saturday mm. night, court one, first week. Two people who don't like each other, giving it both barrels. It was delicious. Great tension, great aggro, great drama. Mm. Well, who then is the award going to for best thriller? Yes, good one. I had to slightly differentiate here, but I'm going to go Nadal's win against Taylor Fritz, um, which was just... I mean, you saw me straight after... I came fresh from court and I'd just been watching and I was like exhausted. So, yeah, that one for me was just so up and down and incredible. And an award for the best tearjerker. Tearjerker. Again, Rafael Nadal. He gets two two awards for his withdrawal, which was just heartbreaking. Well, Charlie, I tell you what, you are like a walking encyclopedia of tennis. We have absolutely loved having you on every single episode and we can't thank you enough. Yes, we want to echo share our love with you. Should we do it all again next year, same time, Charlie? Absolutely. No, it's been such a pleasure. So thank you so much for having me and letting me Eccle share my thoughts. Oh, he's oh, gone he for it. it. He's <laughs> gone for it. We've finally turned him. Charlie, you're better After than that. After three weeks, you've broken me. I know. I'm oh. not. It's, I'm, I'm a broken man. No, oh, it's been dear. amazing. Thank you so much. We well, love listen, you, Charlie. You crowd surf off into the distance and say hi to that crew you've brought with you. <laughs> Bye, guys. Now, Matt, there's one more award, actually, that the folks at Evian want to get involved with. Now, this one is called the Sparkling Award. Oh, yeah. And it's for you to hand out yourself. <gasps> now, this is for your favourite guest on the podcast. So anyone who's featured on the podcast. Yep. Anyone who's spoken to you on the podcast can be someone that's been with you in every single episode, mm. giving you loads of banter. It could be someone who's just, you know, a great friend who's there for you always laughs at your jokes. Someone with a sparkling personality. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it to someone with uh, beautiful hair. Oh, yeah. With uh, an attentive and diligent personality. Yeah. Who's got an incredibly strong nose. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Hugo the dog. <laughs> Hugo the dog. Hugo is great. Honestly. That's my favourite favorite guest. Favourite person I've met the whole time at Wimbledon. So Hugo, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are. <laughs> then uh, you get the award. Most sparkling Aww. guest. I'm sure his tail is wagging. Certain of it. What a lovely chat with Charlie. So good to catch Gonna up with him. Gonna miss that guy. I really am. Novak looks like he's leaving now then. He does. Govak Djokovic. He's off. He's got the trophy. He's got the kids. 
all the important things. Now, Mole, as Novak goes, I think we could do with some inspirational quotes. Now, as you know, we've asked all our guests on the podcast to share a quote or a piece of advice with us so that it can be passed on and live again. Tennis star turned commentator Laura Robson was with us on the last episode. She left us a message in this very special Evian bottle made in the design of a bottle from 1922, the year that Centre Court was built. Hear that, Centre Court? We're talking about you. It's not replying. Always operating with dignity. So, Mole, take hold of that. Yeah, got it. In it, there is a piece of paper. You can take it out and you can find out what Laura's written for us. Okay, well, she has written... Now, this is the last one, so, you know, really sell this. Okay, here we go. If you can, meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. (gasps) It's good. Powerful words. It's a Rudyard Kipling quote, isn't it? One of the most famous poems of all time. And actually, that's a quote that's on the walkway towards Centre Court that Novak will have walked under yesterday. Powerful words, those. Yes. It's saying, don't get caught up in your own achievements and don't get caught up in your own downfalls. Can you do that? Never. Never. I don't think I've ever lived by that in my entire (laughs) life. When something bad happens, you know, it hits me like a tonne of bricks. And when something good happens, Mole... Everyone knows about it. Everyone knows about it. (laughs) Absolutely. That's probably why neither you or I have made it on Scent Court yet. Yet. Now we yet. have that quote in our back pocket. Who knows yeah. what could happen? But I tell you what, someone who has experienced triumph is one of our very own Wimbledon winners. Yes, please welcome to Between the Lines, Millie Polichak, a star of the future, the winner of the boys' singles. And Mon and I caught up with him earlier, the day after his victory. It's an amazing feeling uh, to even play on Wimbledon and uh, to win it. It's it's unreal achievement, and uh, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, Millie, you played on number one court. What was that like? Were you nervous? Were you excited? Yeah, I was excited, but I wasn't nervous. Uh, I was calm. I was comfortable to play on that court, and uh, yeah. I, I uh, enjoy the the play there. And Millie, is it true that during the tournament you were ill? Did did you get sick? Yeah, uh, it was the day before quarterfinals. Uh, I think it, I had something wrong, and like in the evening, uh, I I had some pain in my stomach. I threw up multiple times, and in the morning I I I, I didn't know if I'll be able to play the match. I was uh, I was with the doctors uh, like 15 minutes before the match. Then they said you can try, uh, just hydrate, uh, uh, drink some electrolytes, mm. and that would help. And then uh, I went out. First set I lost. Then I then I do my best. Uh, I said to myself, it is what it is. You just need to try. And I tried my best. Uh, at the end I won and. Uh, yeah. So you're the first Croatian male to win Junior Wimbledon, which is amazing. Not even even Isovic managed that. How did you celebrate yesterday? I went to a championship dinner. Nice. What's that like? What happens there? I sat on the on the table with uh, with Djokovic and his team, so it was a nice experience. And uh, at the end, they they gave the microphones to Ribakin and Djokovic. And also to the to the tournament directors, and 
So there is a lot of speeches and like it's it's the atmosphere is very relaxed. So. Oh, nice. Okay, that's uh, certainly one way to celebrate, isn't it? Yeah. So, Millie, you're 17 now. What's the plan? Will we see you playing here again at Wimbledon? I hope so. My plan is now to to play uh, pro tournaments to do as good as I can, and probably come back next year to play uh, to play Wimby, but in pros. That sounds like an amazing plan, because you're 18 in a couple of days, right? Yeah, Wednesday I'm 18. Congratulations on a big week. First Wimbledon, then your birthday. Yes, thank you, guys. Thank you so much for talking to us. Appreciate it. Remember that name, Molly? Millie. I think I will. It kind of helps when it's like your own, doesn't it? It does help. Well, do you know what? We have managed to sneak now into the clubhouse. <gasps> We're on the walk of champions. Do you feel like a champion? Always. It smells delicious in here, doesn't it? And I've never seen a floor so shiny. It's incredible. Uh, let's walk like champions, shall we, over to the honours boards. There's one for the uh, gentlemen's singles and one for the ladies' singles as well. Firstly, I think it's incredibly hard to get these looking as straight as they do. When I watched it on the telly, I thought, whoever's doing that transfer, that stencil transfer, <laughs> oh, they've got a good eye for it. A lot of pressure, right? A lot of but pressure. I tell you what, so this is right before you step out the doors to centre court. Now, look, if you're Djokovic, if you're Federer, if anybody who's won this recently, your name is just all over this board. You'd feel pretty good going on to centre court, wouldn't I, you? I know. Count those Djokovic's. Another one's just been added. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of those on there, uh, only broken up by a couple of Andy Murrays and a rogue Federer. I mean, what an incredible list of achievements that is. And obviously it dates all the way back to 1877. Incredible, isn't it? And over on the ladies' side, there we go, Rebecca is there, it's ready. Shall we take the steps out to centre court? Yes, imagine that you're the players now and you're about to go and have the chat with Sue Barker or whoever it's going to be next year and uh, meet your adoring crowd out here. Now, I imagine it was a lot louder for Djokovic, wasn't Mm. it, when he came out and for... (laughs) A few more cheers. Yeah. So we've actually gone on to Centre Court now, which I don't know. Have we got permission to do I'm this? I'm not sure that we have. we just walked with confidence I here. I feel like, are we wearing the right shoes? I'm definitely not. I've gone socks and sliders. <laughs> Stop oh, here. we are being stopped. We are being stopped. Yeah. And we're being encouraged back. That's a shame because I was about to... Uh, Serve a ball at quite high power. Never oh, mind. Never mind. What, the grass is a lot shorter than I thought it would be. How long did you think it would be? Well... Sort of like the lawn in, well, I have my own back garden, but like my mum's back garden. Sure. This is really rather short. Oh, yeah. They keep it trimmed nice and tight here, don't they? Very hard, actually, to get a mouthful of grass if you are Djokovic wanting to celebrate as he does. i tell you what, when you're in the crowd, it feels massive. And obviously, Centre Court is huge, as we keep saying. It is the most impressive stage in tennis. But the tennis court is small, yeah. Isn't it? Well, it's a normal-sized tennis court, which is weird because you feel like it feels so bigger. much bigger. I know. It's weird to see it from the same perspective that the players see it. And when we got close to the baseline just then, and you look up at all the chairs, you think, "Wow, the pressure that must mm. be on these players when there's that many people watching." And the royal box is behind us now, but they've uh, they've covered it over with uh, some sort of tarpaulin, I guess, to keep the seats nice and dry. Either that or to keep us away. Probably that as well, yeah. 
can't believe we've come to the end of this match. It's come full circle, full hasn't it? Full rectangle, I think. <laughs> the tennis court. Yeah, yeah. And what an absolute ball we've had. Tennis reference Tennis there. ball, excellent. We've had Evian's global ambassadors, Emma Raducanu, Stan Vivrinka. Remember, he didn't want to discuss his food with can't us. Can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Every, every couple of hours, I think, what on earth is that man cooking? <laughs> Laura Robson, Mansour Barami. Oh, what fantastic stories we've Legends heard. in the game. I'm actually going to buy Mansour Barami's book. Mm. I was so compelled by his story. I can't wait to read that over my summer holidays. Uh, we've also been joined by guests from the world of entertainment like Sophie Morgan, Gemma Stars, and Izzy Bizu. All of them have shared their love of all things Wimbledon with us. Uh, we even busted some myths about court covering and interviewed a dog called Hugo, who was <laughs> absolutely adorable. Have you enjoyed it, Mom? I have loved every single minute, Matt. I feel so incredibly lucky that we've been able to be here and do this. I know, How it's about amazing. You? Yeah, I've had just the best time. I mean, I would have been watching Wimbledon at home anyway, because I absolutely love it. So to get to come in and be here and uh, see all the people that share in that love for it has been a joy. Yeah, and to get that real inside scoop of what happens and what makes it so special, meeting so many of the team and so many of the people that work here. Mm. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And many of those scoops, for me, have involved my hand going into a vat of pick and mix. Of course. So I've been very happy. Yeah, it really has been incredible, hasn't it? And I tell you what, if you're feeling like you would like to be here as well, then we're feeling pretty generous, aren't we? So we are going to give away some Wimbledon tickets of our own. You get a ticket. You get a ticket. You get a ticket. Actually, I think it's more complex than that. Tell me, how does it work? So all you have to do is look out for a post on Facebook asking you to leave your favourite memory from 2022. And the one that we like the most will win a couple of tickets to next year's tournament 2023. That sounds pretty easy. Make sure you're following at Wimbledon on Facebook to be in with a shout. Go and look for that post and good luck. Now, Mol, we always finish our guest interviews with a quick fire round of questions, as you know. But today, for the final episode, I thought that the honour should fall to you. Oh, yes. Bring yes. it my way. But rather than all the usual Henman Hill or Murray Mound stuff, all these questions are somehow related to Wimbledon or to this podcast and our guests. Uh-oh. So let's see if you've been paying attention. Can we have 100 seconds on the clock, please? Are you ready? Born ready, baby. Here we go. Doubles or singles? Singles. Favourite podcast guest? Ooh, ah, oh, loved Laura Robson, but oh, Mansell Barami. Too many good ones. Uh, still or sparkling Evian Water? Gotta be sparkling. I knew the answer to that. Best moment on court of Wimbledon 2022? Ooh, uh, it's gotta be Djokovic's speech yesterday. Best moment off court of Wimbledon 22? It could be from the podcast. Oh, of course it's from the podcast. Getting to hang out with you at one of my oh, most favourite places in the world. Stop it, you. You're too kind. I uh, was meaning somebody else, oh. by the way, but... I didn't it. notice you pointing. <laughs> uh, who would be your plus one to the Royal Box? Oh, it'd have to be my mum. Oh, unbelievable. I got snubbed twice in a row. Which tennis player would you most like to play against? Oh, Serena Williams. OK, Tommy Paul's going to be sad. Favourite name <laughs> drop from one of our guests? Oh, I think it was uh, Izzy Bizu mentioning Chris Martin. Yes. That was St good. Strawberries and cream or fish and chips? Oh, strawberries and cream. Who was the last person you messaged? Probably you. One thing we don't know about Molly King. Good luck with this one. I think I know everything. Oh, God. Um, I hate to say this, but I'm going to have to end on an honest note that I actually think I would lose to you 
in a round of oh tennis. Oh my goodness. Oh I'm my so God. glad this is being recorded. <laughs> and until you got me on centre court, I was never exactly, going to say it. Exactly. It's all been leading up to this. Well, it's made the whole thing worthwhile. Uh, listen, Mark, well done. That was good stuff. And I think genuinely, I feel like we've both learned a lot from all the guests we've had on this podcast. We've had some brilliant chats, haven't we? And uh, got some great advice from our messages in a bottle. I feel like we'll really take away some of that advice, actually. Don't you? I do. I do. I feel like I'm a changed man. I don't even hear, but they're kind of de-rigging Wimbledon around us, mm. aren't they? There's a guy here. We're sat on a thing. He's just taking it apart. I think it's since I said that you would win out of the two of us. They right. thought, right, no need to keep it up anymore. Yes. Let's de-rig. Let's de-rig. Well, they've gone for it. And actually, that is it. The final ball has been served. The last strawberry has been dipped in cream. Wimbledon 2022 and this podcast are over. Oh, I'm sad. Look, to all of you who have listened, thank you so much. And thank you for messaging in. You've really kept us company the last two weeks. Yeah, we've loved every minute of it. And for more great content throughout the year, keep across at Wimbledon and at Evian Water on social media. Yes, and a big, big thank you to everyone behind the scenes who's made the podcast possible, especially all the gang at the All England Club and Evian. Molly King, that is it. Game, set and match. Oh, you had to ruin it, didn't you? I'm so sorry. Each year, Evian give away 30 Wimbledon tickets to support a chosen community group in the UK. For 2023, they've selected the Young Urban Arts Foundation who strengthen well-being and build opportunities for disadvantaged youth in London through creativity and culture. The Evian team look forward to welcoming members of the Young Urban Arts Foundation to Wimbledon next year.